welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines. With the annual American Society of Virology meeting coming in mid-July, we are talking with virologists, graduate students, and postdoctoral researchers who will be attending the meeting. Thank you for talking with us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, hello. Uh, first, I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about myself and to thank the ASB uh, because this is a great opportunity for us to um, highlight our our research work. So I am Faitin Abdelail Ogda. So currently, I'm a postdoc research associate uh, in at Saint Jude Children's Research Hospital in the virology division in Dr. Richard Webby's laboratories. So I love to contribute daily to science, especially virology. Uh, I'm a wife and a mom for three little kids who were born while I was pursuing my PhD in the United States with an intense load of classes and research. So in 2015, while I was pregnant with my second baby, I experienced HELP syndrome, which is a rare, a rare syndrome affecting uh, 0.2 to 0.6 of women. This complication is fatal in 0.02% of women. And never, uh, nevertheless, all of these battles I fought have made me stronger and give me the ability to reflect and focus uh, on my career, career and science that I like, especially virology. Um, so I am from Egypt. Um, I joined the College of Veterinary Medicine in 1996, and I was one of the top students in my undergrad studies. After I earned my DVM degree uh, with a great uh, uh, GBA, I was awarded a research assistant position at the National Research Center. It's, a large, it's the largest research institute in the Middle East. So this followed by a master's scholarship in Cairo University College of Veterinary Medicine, which I earned a master's degree in 2008 in clinical pathology, but study viruses. It was, I, so I used to study uh, hepatitis virus. Um, while I was trying to apply for the PhD program in Egypt in Cairo University, my dream was to pursue my um, grad studies in overseas. So I was between Japan and United States. So I started to apply uh, for scholarship, uh, prepare, improve my language skill, take GRE, TOEFL, ILETS. This about, it took about four years to get a good one. And in meanwhile, uh, in the same time, I was doing my PhD in Egypt. So I finished my candidate exam. I finished my classes, I, I almost done with the research. And at the fourth year, I was like, you know, I got the award, I have been awarded like, you know, a very competitive scholarship to pursue my PhD in United States. So, you know, it was a surprise and I was between, hey, do I have to just finish my PhD in Egypt or go overseas and see the world? At this time I was not married. So I got married, I was engaged. So I get married, my husband is a veterinarian and he has an MBA degree. Then we arrived to United States in 2012. So I joined um, 
at a lab in the veterinary and the biomedical science departments in South Dakota State University. It's one of the uh, good labs for veterinary diagnostic labs, virology, especially virology. Thinking back uh, way in the beginning, um, what, what sort of attracted you to sort of science or biomedical sciences? So way back when you were a kid, was there anything like family members, uh, particular classes that kind of got you along that path? So my in my family members, so I have my uncles, one of my uncles to my dad is a professor in faculty of science and he, he earned his PhD from Germany. And, and the other one for my mom, he was a physician um, in the infectious diseases department. So this, this is not only the thing that make me love virology and love science. Um, actually, as a child, I was affected with polyomyelitis due to a vaccine. So it wasn't a natural infection. In 1981, there was an inactivated vaccine for polio, and this is, I think, caused a lot of trouble. So the failure of the vaccine. So then, you know, I grew up in a small village in Egypt in which they could see the woman, especially with disabilities, like you have to stay home, you know. But I was uh, fortunate with my dad and my mom that they encouraged me and they the the um they afforded everything to me to um to to support my education my health needs despite the economic hardship so i used to do um all of my childhood was undergoing surgeries physiotherapy so but with their encouragement of my of my dad especially who i lost to covid 19 in december oh i'm so sorry yeah thank you I remained at the top of my classes. So I remember that I had to walk four miles every day to school and we didn't have a car. There, was no, there were no transportation, but you know. So I think we implanted um, the love of, of science and education in me. So, and you know, I felt like I wanna make, I wanna make them proud of me, my mom and my dad. So they did everything for me is that I can even walk on my leg, you know, every two years I had to go to do a surgery in my leg. So I like, you know, as, so I, my, all of my life was to focus in, in, in education and to do surgery. So I used to go to the hospital, see how healthcare people working. I hate polios. How this, how's, what's the problem with the vaccine? I started to read about what's the, then um, after I earned my uh, DVM degree and I was one of the one of the top ten in my classes, I have been awarded um, um, like a position in the National Research Center as a, a researcher research assistant. So I, they asked me, "What do you want to do for research?" So I was in the clinical pathology department. So I like to invest something for early diagnosis of viruses and how we can um, like the, how can, what's the best way that we can fight any new virus. I see. I so, see. Yeah, so I finished uh, my, <clears throat> I finished my master 
degree, it was focused on the effect of glycerin, which is a natural extract from licorice as antiviral uh, drug candidate, specifically against uh, uh, hepatitis virus. So I used high performance liquid chromatography to investigate, investigate the role of glycerin as an immunostimulant in clinical pathological and immunological studies of the hepatitis virus. So in this experience, I learned like, the basic virology, pharmacology, biochemistry, immunology, and pathology technique. And I, um, I have two, two, uh, two publications um, from my master. But you know what? I, I didn't, I was not completely uh, in, uh, contributed to the virology. Uh -huh. And yeah, when I, when I came to United States, it was my proposal was uh, on influenza viruses because in 2007, I think there was a problem in Egypt and still for H5N1. And I remember when they said to everyone, kill your chicken. And my mom hided her chicken under Elizabeth because she loves them more than anyone. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I heard about Dr. Robert Tupister. I started to hear about uh, uh, Dr. Richard Webby and all of these names um, from my institute. So it was like, wow, if what happened? If I, I would like to go and learn from what they are doing. So, but I got the, um, uh, the scholarship was uh, to South Dakota State University. Um, so when I came to uh, South Dakota, my project was to study influenza. Then in 2013, a new pandemic, a new pandemic swine virus appeared. It's coronavirus. It's called BEDV, Borstein um, um, uh, um, It's BEDV virus and Borstein Delta coronavirus. So my, my advisor said, what about if you can start with us? We, this is a new virus, you will learn a lot. And we used to develop an diagnostic assays for the new viruses. And these diagnostic assays can be like, you know, they license it and commercialize it. So it can be uh, valuable for uh, the public, for the companies and the farmer and this stuff. So it was like, it was interesting for me. So, but you know, my proposal that I came for was influenza. So every time I tried to start my proposal influenza, uh, a new coronavirus took care, it's why. So they asked me to do, so I learned a lot of, I, I for first, <clears throat> in my PhD project, I contributed to create new diagnostic assay and reagent like monoclonal antibody for the two swine emerging coronavirus, generating uh, monoclonal antibodies as a potential treatment. I collaborated with a group in Kansas State University for inactivated vaccine for the same virus. So we, I studied, I did uh, um, epitope mapping for the, for the spike protein in order to find the potential um, uh, epitopes that can be a good target for subunit vaccines. I also acquired many techniques in molecular biology, virology, immunology skills, learned all the biosafety levels uh, to training, uh, how to produce hybridoma, how to uh, optimize, validate uh, an assay like immunofluorescence assay 
focus uh, focus neutralizing assay ELISAs. So I published about seven papers during my PhD. It was awesome, and I had three kids. Wow, <laughs> you were busy. <laughs> but you know what? It, the influenza work was still in my mind. I would like to work in some influenza. And Dr. Robert Tupester is still in my dream, and Dr. Richard Webby is still in my dream. So I, so I started, because my, 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 my beach advisor, Dr. Eric Nelson, he knew that he, he understands that I, have, I like to work in influenza. So the influenza D virus appeared in 2014. So he asked me, hey, let's do some diagnostic assay. <laughs> so I did some diagnostic assay to differentiate between the two, first to detect the, the, uh, the uh, to, to, uh, to, to detect the infection in uh, bovine serum and to differentiate between the two lineage of influenza D virus and to differentiate between influenza C virus and the influenza D virus in human sample. So I was at the end of my PhD program. So I started to, my, 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 my PhD advisor told me, don't apply anywhere because they, they need a lot of postdocs for the department, you know, but still, I, so I applied for St. Jude. It was the only, <laughs> the only place that I applied because it was my target. I contacted, um, I, I started to apply through Indeed, nature.com. Then I contacted with Dr. Richard Webby and I got uh, a good offer from Dr. Um, Charles Russell. So, it, so I was happy because now I'm in the group of St. Jude um, uh, Influenza Research, uh, Dr. Charles Russell and Dr. Richard Webby, uh, Dr. Stacy. So I joined the, the, as soon as I finished my beach tree, I came to uh, St. Jude. I started working under the monitorship of Dr. Charlie, Dr. Russell, uh, studying the, um, the impact of the pH of respiratory tract on influenza viruses, uh, especially influenza A virus, and the interplay between the pH of the respiratory tract and the HA acid stability of the hemagglutinin of influenza virus and the immune, the local immune response. So this work was like, you know, it was so interesting for me because I have to create, to develop a new uh, protocol uh, for uh, measuring the pH in the live animal, especially my, mice, you know, mice nose is so little. So, you know, because I love virology and I love science, so I started to think about, like, you know, brainstorm my DVM degree, my uh, work in my previous PhD working, research work in diagnostic lab. So I started to, you know, measure the nose of the mice. <laughs> then send the measurement to a company in Germany and ask them to, to prepare a uh, sensors so I can measure the pH. So they, start, they started to do that. They responded to me, you know. <laughs> it was funny because, you know, when I when I started it, a lot of things I have to go through, like I talk and a lot of things, but Dr. Stacy was awesome. She was so supportive. Um, so, so, and I got that and I published my paper recently in Plus One. So uh, then I was like, you know, I was interested to learn more. 
So uh, I talked with Dr. Uh, Russell and we discussed that I can join Dr. Richard Webby's laboratory so I can learn more about vaccine. So I joined Dr. Uh, uh, Webby um, laboratory and uh, so it's the same, same floor. So it's door next to door. So in 2019, so I started working in how to improve uh, the, vac the vaccine candidates of H3N2, especially uh, the egg-propagated vaccine using error-prone PCR. So, um, you know, H3N2 uh, vaccine is still uh, causing a lot of problem and especially propagation on egg. It's not giving uh, an HA anymore, some of human H3N2. So I started to work on that and I, I'm in the middle of this project. In the meantime, I was working uh, with Dr. Russell and Dr. Webby in measuring the pH of respiratory tract in swine because a previous publication of Dr. Russell uh, showed that the swine has a wide range of pH of activation, swine viruses, compared to ferret and mice. So this is this was interesting too, uh, for me. Um, so I published about um, until now one paper, one review article in Cell with Dr. Russell, and one um, um, one research basic research paper in Plus One, and we submitted a protocol, a lab protocol paper in Plus One too, and um, I'm working in a paper for Journal of Virology. So trying to be productive. Yeah, yeah. And are you talking about some of this work at ASB? Do you have a talk or a poster? Yes. Yeah. Every year I love to talk and give a presentation uh, in the ACV, even through even during the pandemic. So I'm happy that during the pandemic, it wasn't, you know, we nothing stopped us. We I give a talk during the pandemic in 2000 in ACV 2020. Um, so I had before I had about one talk about the BH work that I did in Dr. Russell lab. And uh, um, 2020 talk was on the tonsil, role of tonsil. So I'm studying <coughs> the role of tonsil and unrecognized host factors in the influenza virus ecology between birds and human, because, you know, um, the tonsil find, we can find the tonsil in the cecum, in the cecum of the, of the chicken, and it's enteric virus transmitted by shedding. And in human, it's upper respiratory tract and the tonsil in the upper respiratory, the upper part of respiratory tract and the same for swine. So I was trying to study if the tonsil is, um, a primary site for influenza virus replication and adaptation. So I started with some in vitro studies and I found some interesting results regarding the receptor binding uh, distribution and um, tropism and susceptibility uh, using the in vitro system and the air liquid interface. Um, and I, my, as my interest is to pursue my career in academia and have my own lab, so I started to learn how to write grants. Uh, so I um, attend a lot of different workshops through the ASM. 
I attended one grant workshop in the, uh, in the uh, hosted by the ASTM two years ago, and one from the NIH, and and one here in Saint Jude, which is awesome, uh, provided by Dr. Sally in the academic program. Then I I did my first draft of the grant during my dad loss, and my family, all of my family, was were under risk because they had COVID. So beyond um, sort of virology, so you were sort of alluding to how you've had a lot of um, sickness and even death in your family from COVID. How has it affected you? That must be so difficult. Yeah, you know what? So the COVID-19, when it started, I, the first in the first wave, I lost my uncle. My uncle, he, that he was a physician because he was a, one of the first line to treat people. Line. So this is put in June 2020. So it was hard, you know. Then I started to, you know, I started to, to, to give like, to try to translate the research and everything about the coronavirus, about the COVID and talk to the people through the social media in Egypt, try to educate them. You know, it was hard for um, for for the people in Egypt to follow the social distance and all of these um, instruction. So I tried my best, but you know, sometimes you can say a lot, but no one can. You know, some people take doesn't take anything seriously. You know, like until now, some people believe that no virus, no COVID. <laughs> so. Then in in two like in December, my dad my dad and my mom told me that they were they are sick. I told them so. Please don't take any drug because in Egypt you can go and purchase any drug from any pharmacy without prescription. So you can go and purchase antibiotic. You can go and purchase anti-inflammatory. So I told them don't take anything. Please go to a um, um, a doctor. Uh, so they didn't listen to me and they said it's just a cold. So I started to worry more and worry more until, so, you know, the progression of the disease was like, you know, was so quick in two days from a signs of flu in one week to everything like, you know, it was devastating in two, two days. So the oxygen decreased to 50. Uh, I sent uh, uh, oximeters to them. So then it destroyed my the my dead kidney function so and you know it was um it was hard for me because especially that I'm in science and I understand and I can do anything I'm far away I have kids at home my kids are so little you know I can't travel to them so for the COVID-19 it has you know to be honest it has some positive impact on me and negative impact the negative impact was like, you know, by uh, my dad loss, it was hard, especially that my dad has a great impact on me. He's one of the reasons that I'm here today. His encouragement, his like, you know, his motivation to me. Uh, so, and you know, my uncle, but I, I think I had the time to uh, write my papers and publish it 
collect what I did, the research that I did so far and try to get published. I had the time to write the grant and get the experience of writing grant, applying, go through all the administration stuff. And um, I had the chance to sp spend some time with my kids because before we, our life was like, you know, kids from seven to six in the daycare or the school. So I, 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 I knew them more, you know. We spend a lot of time together, play in home. So, so I, I can summarize this for you that I had some positive and negative impact on my personal life and my research productivity. Also the timeline, you know, time away from the bench and premature termination of an experiment. It was, you know, it was hard. So all of and to have a publication and I'm a postdoc, you know, it's 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 critical for a postdoc. Also, then it's impacts the networking. So, you know, it was scary because we used to meet uh, uh, the people in the conference, especially the ASV every year. So we every everything changed suddenly. But I'm happy because the ASV uh, did um, last year. They did um, uh, virtual presentations and talk it was nice you know at least it it relieved some stress from us our cv is still going <laughs> keep improving yeah. yeah so um as a, you know as a woman and the mom in academic and academia you know i ha I, I felt like i paid the step steep career price in the pandemic and personal price in the pandemic by losing my dad and my uncle some like you know some mental health impact from the stress and worry about it like my talk about my dead loss uh, grief having younger children <laughs> in home uh, during the pandemic and work from home and try to make a balance between both it was not easy you see i felt like my career is crunching and i'm trying to save what i can you know um, that was a child care center and summer camp closed by elementary school and toddler at home all the time using their iPads, a screen time. They are happy, so they are happy using that. But I can't control. They they used to uh, woke up all the night and sleep all the day. And I have my neighbor is um, elders. And I worry about them and they, they are jungles and playing and hitting each other. So, you know, everything changed, all, all the routine. Well, thank you very much. It was very great talking to you. I wish you good luck on your um, talk uh, during ASB and good luck on your career. Um, hopefully you will be able to transition into sort of uh, an academic role that you're, um, that you're looking for. Okay, thank you so much. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Backright, and thanks for listening.